morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and we're so glad that you chose to hang out with us today. Several years ago, when my wife Jennifer and I first got married, uh, we had some really, really old cars. I mean, like old clunkers. And uh, during this time, my mom's uh, cousin, Liz, had just recently been diagnosed with lung cancer. And we loved Liz. Liz was amazing. And we were there with her throughout the end of her life. But eventually she lost her fight to lung cancer and she died. And several weeks went by and my mom was the executor of her estate. And she went ahead and she uh, called me one day and she said, hey, Aunt Liz in the will actually was going to give to you her 1980 Buick Skylark. Now, to you, a 1980 Buick Skylark may not mean much, but to me, it was a Lamborghini. I mean, it was amazing. And we got this car, and we it had low mileage. She kept it in the garage most of the time, and it was just, just amazing. And what I thought to myself, because I was such a tightwad at the time, because we were in debt, is what we could do is now I could take my 1979 Pontiac Grand Prix that had tons of mileage on it, and I had rammed that thing all over the place, and we could sell it, and I could get some cha-chang, cha-chang. And so I cleaned it up. I got ready to put the for sale sign in the car when I got a phone call from a guy in the church that we were pastor, that I was pastoring at the time named Fred, who was a friend of ours. And he said, well, I actually um, wanted to call you because my niece, uh, Julie, just recently lost her mom. Her dad's nowhere to be found. And we're actually going to take her in uh, and we're going to be the guardian of her. And I was like, oh, man, Fred, I was like, sorry to hear that. I mean, that's, that's a lot to kind of deal with. And then what kind of on top of that was difficult for Julie, she was a person of color and she was uh, moving into an all-white high school. And as she did that, there were several times in which she was put down, racist comments were told uh, to her, and it was just really difficult. And so Fred said, what we want to try to do uh, to kind of help is we want to buy a a used car for her. Uh, Nothing real fancy, but something that was used that we could give. And if you hear of anything, we'd like you to know. And I said, well, uh, the tightwad that I was, I was like, well, if I hear anything, I'll let you know. And I said, I just want you to know, I'll be praying that God would open up this door for you. So I go to my wife, Jennifer, a couple of days after that, and I'm telling her this story about Julie And I told her, I said, yeah, we should pray about that. Maybe somebody would have a car for her for that. And my wife, Jennifer, looked at her and said, you don't need to pray, Chris. You need to give. You need to give your car to Julie. Now, this was the first time in my life I'd ever experienced this before. But I thought my wife was possessed. (laughs) I'm not sure exactly how she was possessed, but I thought there was something wrong because I couldn't understand. We were in debt, struggling ourselves. And we could get $500 for this car, maybe even more than that. And we could sell it and we could receive something. And she and I were not on the same page because what we learned was that she was generous and I was a tightwad. And a few days later, later, I read a portion of scripture. It's actually a story of Jesus, what Jesus said, but it's not in the Gospels. 
the stories of Jesus. It's later on in the book of Acts. And it actually says this. It says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And after I read that, I was so convicted. And I was like, yeah, Jen, you need to do this. She goes, yeah, I know. I told you so. And we took these keys and we gave them to Julie. And I was just amazed at the joy that there was in the act of giving. Folks, it was a blessing. I mean, it was a huge blessing to receive that gift of a car from Aunt Liz. But without hesitation, I can tell you, it was even more of a blessing to give the keys to Julie. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And today, what I want to talk about is the principle of giving is good. Giving is good. In fact, turn to the person beside you here in the auditorium. Those of you on the stream, you can type it in. But just tell the person right now, giving is good. Go ahead, tell them, giving is good. Yeah, giving is good. Now, we're in this series called Making Change. And in week one, you might remember, we talked about less is more. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In week two, last week, we talked about less is more. uh, Or we talked about stress is bad. Financial stress is bad. And today, what I want to talk to you about is giving is good. Now, we want to make some changes in our life. And the way we do that often is by taking some steps, like a stair step. And so uh, we have a little diagram of a stair step. And what I'd like you to do, all of us out loud, join us on the stream as well, that you'll just start at the bottom of the step and we're going to work our way up and we're going to say these three things, which are the three pieces of this message. Okay, so let's all say this out loud together on the count of three. One, two, three. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Again, less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. One more time. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Now, If we know this, that giving is good, the question becomes, why don't we do it more? If we know that giving is good, why don't we do it more often? Well, let me just share with you real quickly kind of three of the reasons why, kind of top reasons. Number one, we don't feel like we have enough. We don't feel like we have enough. I mean, we'd love to give, but we're just kind of struggling right now. Or our hearts are in the right place, but we just don't feel like we have the ability to give. A second reason is because we've seen this message of giving abused. We've seen the message of giving abused. I don't have to probably tell you this, but let me give you a picture. Maybe uh, you've seen this before, either on television or you've seen it on the internet, where all of a sudden there's this slick-haired back guy who comes onto the scene, who's very religious, and they say, if you'll give me $100 of seed money, God will bless you with $1,000. And all of a sudden you see that message over and over again, and you're like, oh, no, 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 that's not me. I'm just not going to give because I've seen the message 
of giving abused before. Now, a third reason, and this was the reason, honestly, for about half of my life that I was just not very generous and wanting to give, was we live with a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. We live with a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. In other words, if I give, what's going to happen is I'm going to get less and less and less, and there's really not enough then to go around. Folks, more than anything else, the thing that held me back when it came to giving was that I constantly lived under a scarcity mindset. I thought to myself, I can't give generously until I have more. But after uh, realizing this for years and years, that God is an abundant God, I can honestly stand here today with confidence and without hesitation and with no weakness in my voice to tell you, giving is good, giving is good, giving is good, giving is good. Everyone on the stream, giving is good because it is more blessed to actually give than it is to receive. Now, if we know that giving is good, then I want to get better at it. If you know that giving is good, that if Jesus said, which we know he did, it's more blessed to give than to receive, then we want to be like Jesus. So, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is share with you three truths in Scripture on how to grow in generosity. Three truths from Scripture on how to grow in generosity. Here's your first fill-in. For those of you that are on the stream, you can do it on your phone if you want. And here it is. We learn to trust God with the tithe. How do we want to grow in generosity? We learn to trust God with the tithe. So, the question becomes then, what is a tithe? Well, it's a, it comes from the Hebrew word, masar, And what it equals is a tenth. It's one-tenth of what we receive. In fact, in Leviticus chapter 27, in verse 30, it says this. One-tenth, everybody say one-tenth. Okay, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. So let me kind of illustrate this to you uh, this morning. And the way that I'm going to do this is I'm actually going to use uh, some money to explain that to you. And what I have right here are 10 $1 bills, okay? 10 $1 bills. Now, math can be kind of hard sometimes, okay? So I'm going to make it a little bit easier uh, for all of us. And we're going to have 10 right here, $1 bills. So here's how it works. Every time that you get 10 of these, every time that you get 10 of these, you pre-plan ahead of time before you ever get it. But every time I get 10 of these, I'm going to devote one of these, just one. I'm going to devote one of these to the local church to do the things of God in our community and in our world. Now, 
For some of you, it looked like it glazed over your eyes for a second, okay? I know math is hard, so I'm going to do it again, okay? So here we go. Uh, This is the way that tithing works. You decide ahead of time that every time that you get 10 of these, you decide ahead of time that I'm going to give one of these to the things of God and to what God is doing in the local church and throughout the world. Now, uh, this is just math, and some of you might be like, I only have to give one of these away? You mean, God, seriously, I get to keep nine of these for myself, and God, you're only asking for one? That, that just seems just unreal. Well, God, because of that, I think I'll actually give one. Okay, maybe not, right? Some of you, not so sure. We'll, we'll, we'll keep the nine, okay? We'll keep the nine. We'll give the one. Now, any questions? Because it's just math, okay? It's just math. We gave one. We get to keep nine. Now, this is what I know. This is what I know. When there's only 10 of them, we have no trouble whatsoever giving one away. But when all of a sudden these become hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands, and it's a percentage thing, 10%, one-tenth, when that happens, all of a sudden we're like this. That's crazy. That is cray-cray. That just doesn't make sense. The first time that I ever heard this, and I was a PK, and my dad told me this concept, I thought to myself, I love Jesus, but I didn't sign up for this. Like, I love Jesus, I didn't sign up for that. That doesn't make sense to me. And yet, Scripture kind of strengthens this even more so in this teaching in Malachi, as Malachi says this, God says to Malachi, and then then he writes it down, bring the whole tithe, the 10%, the one-tenth, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, which is a picture of the local church, that there may be food in my house. There might be food in my house. What are you receiving today? Do you know? Spiritual food. That's what you're receiving. You're receiving spiritual food. You're going to be nourished and strengthened by God because of what's happening today. Your kids are up in jar kids, being cared for, loved, encouraged. They're going to receive spiritual food from God. Youth, tonight, when they go to youth, what's going to happen? They're going to receive spiritual food from them. If you go to a small group, you go to other things. You get that. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Then God says, it's the only place in all of Scripture. Think about that. All of Scripture, all the pages, all 66 books, the only place in all of Scripture where God says you can test him. He says this, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. This is the only place, folks, in all of Scripture in which God says, you can test me in this. Now, why did God give permission for us to test him in this area? Well, I really am not sure, but I think it was because God knew it would freak us out. That it'd freak us out. That 
10%? Are you serious? 10%? That's crazy. How in the world am I going to be able to do that, especially if I'm already struggling and I'm in debt? Now, last week, I shared with you that my wife Jennifer and I, when we first got married, we took those two invitation cards called credit cards and we maxed them out. And we got in so much debt that uh, we couldn't pay our minimum monthly payment. We were only making $16,000 a year. And in the midst of that, we were uh, paying rent for two houses. And when we sat down with our buddy who helped us do a budget, he said, you guys can't tithe. And I said, well, we haven't been tithing. And I was a pastor of the church. And he said, well, from what I can tell, what you can do is give 5%. And so Jennifer and I prayed about it, and we said, God, uh, we had nothing really, you know, extra at all. But we said, we're going to give you 5%, and we're going to trust you that each year after that, we're going to increase it by 1% until we get to the top. Now, this is 100% true. I'm not saying that it works for everybody, but this happened to us. I'm telling you it's true. Fast forward five years, Okay. So we started with 5%. We increased it by 5% each year. We go five years down the road, and we moved here to Muncie in 1998. And Jennifer and I had rented for six years, and uh, we were out of tithe. We were saving. We had enough money to buy a home, and we decided we would go ahead and purchase our first home. It was a reasonable mortgage. We were able to pay uh, for uh, the down payment. Everything was good. There was only one issue that we didn't plan, and that was closing cost. Uh, we had never bought a house before and we didn't ask and so no one told us and we had no idea that we were to pay for the closing cost. And uh, I was like, how in the world are we going to pay for this when the money's not there? That we, we just can't. And then a brilliant idea came to my mind. And this was my brilliant idea. We just won't tithe for a few months and we'll take that money and we'll go ahead and we'll pay for the closing cost. Now, My wife, Jennifer, who is way more obedient many times than I am, and much more spiritual, when I came with my brilliant idea of this is what we're going to do, this is what she said. She said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to tithe, and God's going to provide. And uh, what happened was, is that two weeks before the closing was going to take place, we still had not had the money at all. I had no idea what we were going to do. I I was just going to say, can we extend it? We'll have to give the house up. I wasn't sure. And two weeks before, I walked out to our mailbox, and there was a card in it from a friend of my parents named Rachel Weiss. And uh, Rachel uh, had just recently lost her husband, Joe. And uh, in the midst of their loss, she had received a life insurance uh, settlement. And in the card, I never forget because I wrote it down, she wrote these words. She said, I was thinking of you, and from the life insurance policy from Joe, I wanted to give you a gift. I hope this helps. Know that you are in my love and prayers. And it was back in the day where they gave checks. You know, we don't do checks now, but they gave checks. And there was a check that was folded in half. And when I opened up that check, It was for exactly $1,500. And God, God had been faithful in that. Now, every time that a story like this happens, this is what many people think. Oh, man, 
That's great. So if I pray and I tithe and I mess up and I don't have my actual figures straight with my, you know, closing costs, that God's going to swoop in and he's going to take care of everything for me, right? That's what you're saying, Chris? Well, he might. But again, folks, what? He might not. You see, the point of tithing, folks, is not so that we can get something. It's that we give so that we experience the goodness of God. And sometimes you see it financially, and I have many times in my life because I've been honoring God with that. Other times, it's found in other different ways. Now, any time that we teach on this, we only teach on it once a month or once a year. Some of you are like, I'm not coming back next month, you know. Had to throw that in there. Some of you, I know you can laugh in church, okay? We're just talking about money. Um, Just once a year that we teach on this, but it's important to teach because that's what Jesus did. He actually said, Jesus said, Matthew 23, you should tithe. And, uh, but what happens when we give this message, what happens is people start feeling guilty. They feel bad. And this is what I want you to know. Don't feel bad if you're not tithing. Don't feel bad. Don't feel any guilt. Uh, You don't love God anymore or any less because you tithe or you don't tithe. That's not what it's about. But you have to not let Satan get into your head to give you guilt or shame because you're not there yet. But I strongly want to encourage every single person here because I think it is a gift to each one of us that if we would learn to trust God in the tithe or at least learn to start trusting, maybe you do what I did and Jennifer did. We just started with 5%. And then we say, God, if you'll provide, we'll give 1% increase until we get to that. That if you'll do that, you'll see the goodness of God. So, uh, first of all, we're going to trust God with the tithe. The second way to grow in generosity is this. We plan our generosity. You plan your generosity. I don't know about you, but I always plan to acquire things. Like, I just don't... Think up one day, oh, do I need anything? No, I plan it. Like these jeans right here, I, I had black jeans that were really, really bad. And I said, Jen, we need to get me some new black jeans. And so uh, we went ahead and we looked around and we found the best deal and we got it for like 50% off at Kohl's, some black jeans. Now I would say, don't I look good in my jeans, but I don't want to mess you up, okay? Because we're talking about money today. But, but this is what I did. Now, if we plan to acquire things, can't we plan then to actually give stuff? Uh, what if we sat around and we said, how can we plan not just to get more, but how can we actually plan to give more? I mean, since we have been blessed, let's be a blessing to someone else. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We can bless even more people if We plan it. In Isaiah 32, verse 8, it says this. Exactly what generous people do. Generous people what? What's the next word? They plan. Generous people plan to do what is generous. And they what? They stand firm in their generosity. They plan. It's not accidental. It's not incidental. It's intentional. We plan to be generous. Recently, I was talking to a single mom who has really just, the last few years, has gone after this whole stair-step approach of less is more, and financial stress is bad, and giving is good. And uh, 
she's a single mom, doesn't make a, a ton of money. In fact, she's working two jobs right now. When I talked to her uh, last week to share the story, she was coming back from a second job that she works at. And in 2017, uh, there was a breakup with she and her boyfriend. And when the breakup took place, she soon found that she was in huge debt, huge debt. Now, she had a brand new car, but she was making huge car payments. She had a, a, a house that everyone was like, oh, this is amazing. But she had all of this debt, and she told me it was like, you know, I was borrowing everywhere around just to make the next payment. And finally, she said, I just got fed up about it. And she went to the financial peace course. And she went to this course. By the way, it's happening this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. It's not too late to be a part of the course. If you're in debt or you want to get better at doing your finances, I would strongly encourage you, come to this course at 6 o'clock. Well, the single mom went to the class, and she just went after it, and it's been six years since she took the class, and she has reduced her debt by $35,000. Single mom, not making a lot of money, reduced her debt by $35,000. But she said, I don't want to just get out of debt. I actually want to be generous. So last year when she got her tax check, which was a huge check for her, she actually took the entire check, And she took 10% of it, and she tithed back to the church. And she regularly then has it within her head because she's planning her generosity of how she can help other single moms who are struggling financially. She shared one time, she was on Facebook, and she saw this Facebook page, a Muncie Facebook page called What Up Muncie. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. What Up Muncie. And there was a single mom who was struggling uh, with being able to pay for one night more of her hotel bill so that then she could get into some housing. And this single mom, because she had planned it, she saw it online and she went ahead and she Vmoed uh, immediately, or Venmoed, what is it? Okay, it's a mo. Anyways, um, she gave money uh, to this in Venmo and was able to help. This past Christmas, there were several single moms that she reached out to help again. You see, what you found was that this single mom, even though she doesn't make a lot, she planned her giving, she planned to be generous, and it wasn't accidental or incidental, but it was intentional what she chose to give. She plans her generosity because she's learned that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Folks, if you want to grow in generosity, what do you have to do? First of all, you have to learn to trust God with the tithe or learn to trust him as you grow closer to that. Secondly, we're going to plan our generosity. And then finally, we're going to start being generous now. When are we going to be generous? Now, right now. Now, at some point, some of you might be saying, well, Chris, I thought you were talking about debt. And if you're in debt, how can you be generous Now, well, absolutely, I want us to know how to reduce our debt, but we're not going to wait until all of our debt is gone before we choose to be generous. We're going to be generous along the way because that's the way God is to us. And we're going to watch as we bless other people. And we're going to be generous. When are we going to be generous? We're going to be generous now. Now, in fact, Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament, and is considered one of Jesus' closest followers, 
shared this to a Christian believer named Philemon. He said, I am praying that you will do what? What's it say? It says, let's all read the rest of it together. It says, put into action. That means all of us, by the way, all of you in the balcony too. Here we go. Put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Our only reasonable response for what God has given to us through Jesus Christ is to actually give not just a tenth, but our entire lives back to him. About uh, two months ago, there was a young uh, high school teenager that came to church for the very first time. It was, she came and she sat right over here in this section. And uh, I was teaching, if you remember, on where are you going to be five years from now? And as I was talking about where are you going to be five years from now, I actually uh, made the statement and uh, just said, you know, like if it comes with generosity, you don't wait five years, but you actually choose to be generous now. Well, this 15-year-old took this to heart and she wrote me this letter, this note, and it'll be on the side screens too. She said, I felt called to be generous, and fortunately, I continue to fall into the same cycle of not being generous. At your service, you talked about the best time is now. I want to change, I want to make a change in my life through God, so I came to the decision to give money, all the money I have. I have all that I need, and that is God. He will always provide for me because he is the same God. With this letter, I'm writing I'm putting all my faith and trusting him. And she went home. She went ahead and went through all of her drawers, uh, everything that she had. She took that money, went to the bank, and she got this particular bill, a $100 bill. And she gave it to the church. And I took that $100 and we gave it to the community basket. And she was generous to many people in our community who didn't have idols. Now, folks, this is what I want you to know. When I opened that card and I read it, it brought tears to my eyes. And I was so in awe and so proud of this young girl that she wasn't going to wait until she was an adult to be generous when she had a lot of money. She was going to be generous now. And I'll tell you what this did to me more than anything else. It convicted me. Like it convicted me big time that if a 15-year-old is willing to do this, then in the same way, we should be generous now. So how are we going to be generous? We're going to learn to trust God with the tithe or we're going to work towards it start at a percentage and then work our way up we're going to plan to be generous we're going to plan it why? because it's more blessed to give than to receive and then finally we're going to be generous right now so we just have one more thing to do before we end today And that is, we're going to actually be generous right now. We planned it 
that we weren't going to do the offering where we normally do it, but we were going to do it at the end so that everyone could be a part of this and it would be an act of worship. It would actually be an act of generosity. Because what happens many times, we do the offering on the video, we actually do it on purpose that way, but we just kind of blow by it. And this week, we wanted to hold it as an offering to God and to be generous right now. We wanted to put full light on this part of the celebration. So I'm going to ask our greeters to come up. So if our greeters could come up and in the balcony, if you could be there as well. And uh, they'll have, there'll be a bag that will pass. And when it, you're passed, we want to encourage you to put your Connect card in there too. Not yet, but just in a moment after I pray. And you can give in multiple different ways. You can give online. Uh, you can give something right now. You can text to give. You can actually choose if you want to to give on the app. There's actually a card uh, in your program. Sometimes people are like, hey, I want to give, but I don't know how to do that app thing. Well, we have it right here to show you exactly how to do it. It's easy to give. And many people do it. They do it on the front side so they don't even realize or recognize. You know, they're just like, hey, I'm doing it at the beginning. They plan their giving. And uh, you can decide how you want to do that for yourself. Uh, The best way that you want to give it, you can... Just do it. You can do it monthly. You can do it every week. You can do it twice a month, whatever you decide. Now, in a teaching like this, what happens when we close at the end, some of you might be like, well, Chris, um, I didn't plan for this. (laughs) I didn't plan to do this. That's all right. God knows. God knows. And then uh, maybe uh, for others of you, You're like, oh, I already gave. I I gave last week. That's okay. It's okay. God knows. God knows. Maybe for others of you, when you walked in today, you're like, you know what? Uh, I gave to those black boxes that are in the lobby. I already did that. Or you gave on the app. Maybe for others of you, you're like, oh, my, my thing's going next week. That's when I usually give. I give at the end of the month. That's, it's okay. God knows. God knows. But this is what I want us all to participate in today. That for some of you, this will be the first time you've ever given an offering. For others of you, uh, this will be the first time you ever tithe. For some of you, maybe you're like, hey, I didn't plan this. And it really doesn't matter what the amount is, whether it's five bucks, a dollar, a quarter. I put it on the app. We just want everyone to be a part of it so that we can be generous now. Now I realize some of you might be here or you're on this stream right now. And the truth is, is that you're like, I'm not even a Christian, Chris. And all I would say to that, I understand we're not asking you to give, but I would tell you this, that Jesus was right when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. God, thank you so very much for the way that you bless each one of our lives. And loving God, thank you for giving to us your son. Just as he gave to us, God, the most generous of all gifts, his son, Jesus Christ, who will celebrate in just a few weeks what he did on the cross. 
We want to be generous right now. We bring our gifts, God. We bring our offerings. We, we bring something to give to you. And God, I pray that no one would feel guilt or shame, but they would feel a sense of, I get to participate in this. And God, that you would bless each person who gives today because you are incredibly in love with them. God, bless each gift and each giver as we choose to be generous now. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Upon you, and a thousand generations 
Yeah. 